You are tuned in to a fireside chat with Zany Mystic. Join us now on another exciting metaphysical journey. Relax, tune in, drop out, and take a seat by the fire as we explore new realms and possibilities. This is Magenta Pixie. You can find me at magentapixie.weebly.com. But now, here is Zany Mystic and guest. Enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a fireside chat with the Zany Mystic. I'm your host, Lance White. Tonight, my guest, who is a returning guest, is Nancy L. Hopkins. Uh, Nancy has done a lot of things in her life, and she's gone down the rabbit hole and up the rabbit hole and around the bend, and she's found out a lot of things. And she's written a few books, and um, those have led her to uh, research the uh, the mysterious uh, uh, the mysterious stone called shungite, uh, which works on the quantum level and has healing properties. So um, I'm I just want to get her out onto the show quickly so that we can find out from her the, what the real skinny is. So I'm going to invite her out now. Uh, hi, uh, Nancy. How are you? The last time I had you on, we were talking about. Uh, shungite bees and and, uh, things relating to shungites. And I think this time you had some very clever ideas for uh, some topics that people would like to hear about. Well, that's true. Um, And it does stem from the shungite because as we investigated shungite, um, we just sort of broke into a new science. We call it enterology. It's mm-hmm. a study of energy, and it's really not a new science. It's just a new term for it, mm-hmm. and it's merging metaphysics with quantum physics in order to study the energy universe. And that's why, you know, I, I said to you, well, let, let's talk about organ and oh, yeah. uh, direct energy weapons because yeah. um, it, it's – talk Mike, about a rabbit that? hole – that was William Wilhelm Reich that was uh, uh, responsible for the uh, orgone generators. Is, my, is that correct, or am I off? Well, let, let, let's start. Let's start where I first encountered the concept of energy being used as weapons, and that was oh. back on uh, in 9/11. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, first off, for anybody that okay, it was ten years out. And I'm going like, how how can these people still be believing this absolute fictional story of what happened to those towers? Right. And so I, I actually it was it was this guy it was it was the UPS guy I think, and I'm saying something about the 10th anniversary of 9/11 and da da da, and I start to tell him the truth and he glasses over and out the door, <laughs> and I went. You know, I said, there's got to be a better way of telling these people. So what I did was I wrote a a fictional, a novel, but it's based on fact. Yeah. Because I felt that maybe if I tell them a fictional story, they can, as they're starting to freak out about the truth, they might say, oh, but it's only fiction. Right, right. Which is what they do in movies and things. They thinly veil uh, uh, hidden truths with uh, science fiction movies and things like that. Well, it comes down to cognizant dissidence. P- 
people can't really believe yeah. that they were told a huge lie that they believed. <laughs> right. Right. That's absolutely true. Now, and, the huge lie can be taken apart very simply. The uh, National Standards Commission that decided that the planes and the jet fuel were burning at such a high degree that it could melt the tresses holding up the floors of the buildings and that they melted and that the uh, area of the impact crashed first and hit the one below it and then crashed down and they all it's called pancaking they all fell on top of each other and instead of fire melting trusses it was the weight of the buildings above it that were causing them to collapse mm. <clears throat> well this this is absolute fabrication because first off jet fuel would never burn at the heat needed to melt trusses those are steel jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough to melt steel the second thing is is that you've got 77 floors. It, let's take Tower 2. Um, <clears throat> so it was hit at 78, so you got 77 floors that are falling. Hmm. And if you've got 77 floors that are falling, and by the testimony that was actually official testimony, the, the buildings, both of them, fell in, in like 11 seconds. Now, 11 seconds, think of, the, think of just think of this, Lance. You've got a building falling, so you've got a building falling, and, and there's a hesitation as the weight begins to be enough to break the next one, right? So it's it, it's it's like you're clapping your hands, but there's a hesitation between each of the claps. Well, mm. clap your hands as fast as you can in 11 seconds and tell me if you can get to 77 times. You can't. They went down at free fall. Now, the only thing that could have brought them down at free fall in – 2010 when I was started to write this was um, demolition and there were every sign in the world that there was demolition in it and mm -hmm. I wrote a book basically got the whole story out with the concept that it was um, that they had put a, a fail safe demolition system in the building which only made sense to me mm -hmm. because you know a few years before they had almost toppled the things with the bombs in the basement yeah. If if you had tipped over 110 floors, and depending on where it went, it could have hit the other building, but you're 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 just crashing 110 floors, the damage done to the entire surrounding area would have been epic. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're a target, then why don't you put a failsafe dynamite system in that, in the worst case, you can pull the plug and take it right down into its footprint. And like I say, there were a lot of indications that this is exactly what had happened, including <clears throat> right after the – I don't know if it was even the same day. But their oh, YouTube wow. came out, and they had one of the towers falling, and they had a demolition of a very tall silo, you know, green-holding silo. And they came down exactly the same way. I mean, you know, it was, it was just the same way. But within 24 hours, that video disappeared. Off wow. the internet, you know. Well, that but seems the, to be the, the modus operandi. Yeah, but that—that's the key problem to their description of what happened. And um, anybody that knew anything about demolition, and I learned enough to know that this was—it's ah, got to be dynamite. They must have done this. And I, I don't want to get into all the details of why I came to that conclusion. But then something happened. <laughs> um. 
Have you heard? Of, you you must have heard of Dr. Judy Wood. Yeah, I was just gonna say, have you heard of Dr. Judy Wood? Because <laughs> I have her book. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Where, what? Ha- where did the towers go? That's the name of the book. Yeah, she uh, sent yeah. me one because she she was going to be on the show. Oh well, do get her on the show. She's she's an American hero. She absolutely oh, yes. is an American hero. Um, what what happened was that early in my investigations into the 9-11 event, I came across this crazy person that was talking about using some exotic weapon to take down <laughs> the, the Twin Towers. And I, bullshit, it was dynamite. I, you know, nothing exotic about dynamite. You know, I mean, that was my <laughs> right. attitude at the time. And then um, well, as I was writing the novel... Something tweaked me, and I ended up on drjudywood.com, her uh-huh. website. And all of a sudden, my knowledge, what I thought I knew, just went out the window. Because she was – the website was unbelievably confusing. And it was only later that I understand, understood why. She had a graduate student who was working with her. And he went home for a family visit and was shot in the streets. I think it was Chicago. Um, this the random guy walks up to him and shoots him in the head and then walks on. Okay, That was a clear-cut message to Judy Wood, cease and desist. And instead, she did just the opposite. She took everything that she had found out and put it on the Internet. So it wasn't organized very well. And it was very confusing. But the more I I worked with her information, the more preposterous became what really did happen. And the key thing to it, the thing that made the difference in my mind was the photographs of these cars that were on uh, uh, Fitzpatrick uh, uh, Expressway Boulevard or something like that. It's not quite. But it was a mile from the Twin Towers, a mile. And there was, there had to have been a dozen or more cars in the photograph. And all of these cars, well, not all of them, most of these cars had severe damage from what looked like fire. But the weird thing about it was that the door handles were gone. The area where the engine was was all burnt and melted, melted, not just like a fire burning, you know, the paint off. No, this was melted. And that and yet inside some of these cars the upholstery was untouched. Inside on the outside of some of these cars there the the the, the paint was pristine. And then you'd have a car that's absolutely squashed, I mean just melted and the car next to it was fine. And I'm going, what what could have possibly done that? a mile from where the attack occurred? That was the difference, you know, and so the more I investigated it, the more I realized that um, I was an electronic warfare officer. So I knew somewhat the potentiality of energy being used as a weapon. Uh Um, But in studying her and her work and her um, belief that it was a direct energy weapon. And uh, just convinced me. And so when I wrote the novel, the novel gets into this too. You know, what really happened? Because I think there were two players, at least two players. The players that were 
putting the planes into the towers and you know they did that with um you know how they can fly, drive cars now <laughs> without a driver right. well they can fly planes without a pilot and all they did really was to take over the controls of the uh, aircraft and they were being flown not by the people on board. There was no control on board. It was all done in a pre-planned uh, – you, you, you plug it in and the nav- navigation takes over and it flies itself. The plane flies itself. And the Twin Towers were actually what's called a buy, a buy point. And as you – as the plane would fly by these, the navigation would be adjusted because of the – the beacons that were involved in the Twin Towers themselves as just a navigation point to keep planes from going on. They're like a corridor of electronics, okay? And what they did was they just made the, instead of it being just a flyby and get a navigation check, they had it as as a land, land here. And the plane doesn't know any difference. It was told to land there. So it goes into a into a navigation thing that takes it right into the into the towers. That's how they they actually got to the towers. But um, after that, it was um, what really took them. To, I think that they did have dynamite in the in the buildings. I think they intended to take them down with dynamite. But before they could really get them going with dynamite, somebody took them down with direct energy weapons. Now, do you have any questions about that? What I just said? Well, n- not too many because I've I've, I've uh, haven't read Judy Wood's book uh, cover to cover, but I've seen enough and skimmed enough to know that what you're saying is accurate. That uh, yeah, it, it was too much data. High energy, uh, high energy device that is used for positive things. It's a it was supposed to be. She was speculating that it was a of uh, uh, some kind of free energy device, and then they reverse engineered it so that it would become something negative, which was a weapon, which is what they always do. I mean, there's never a time when they don't take take something good and turn it into something that can kill people and destroy buildings in a single bound. And the anomalies from that, uh, if you just look at her book, are so glaring. It's, it's, it's like looking at something that is surreal and trying to fit it into your mind, which has only uh, representations of natural disasters. And uh, nothing about this was natural. And uh, Judy points that out also throughout the book. And when I was done, uh, you know, reading what I read, I was convinced that she was right, and also that there was dynamite used as well. So they, uh, the, it's unfortunate that the groups of people who were uh, battling uh, between each other were arguing about, um, you know, uh, the trifles, because uh, instead of uniting and saying, well, we know the building's been destroyed by something. We think it's the dynamite. You guys think it's the directed energy weapons, and somebody else thinks it's something else. Well, everybody should have their own uh, a right to have an opinion, but you meet on that level knowing that you agree to differ because you can never get anywhere when you're fighting for a point, which is just ego, 
and you have to be right. And so what? You know, I mean, the, the need to be right should come from the burning need to know the truth, not to uh, feed your ego because you have the right uh, technology that was used and you get 10 points. Well, I like to say I don't need to be right, but I do know to I do need to know. Oh, absolutely. And, we all know, need and, to know. Yeah. And that was why I can honestly say I looked at the uh, dynamite issue, believed that's what it was until I began to see the evidence of direct energy weapons. Mm-hmm. And that was the melted cars. That was yep. cars that were upside down. That was cars that were on a fence. Okay, one car ended up on a wooden fence. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean it's astounding. Uh, the fact, the, the the real, the real, the real thing is, is that think of it. You've got 110 floors of huge, huge, huge floors, and on those floors you've got all sorts of doors. You've got metal filing cabinets. You've got metal all over the place. You know, you got. Well, why is it that when everything was said and done, 110 floors was now seven stories of rubble? Yeah. And in that rubble, they did not find one door handle, not one metal door. They did not find any filing cabinets except one. And they found that in the basement, and it was the size of a basketball this is a full metal filing cabinet the size of a, of a basketball because it was completely melted but inside of it you could still see parts of the files the paper files how do you melt metal and not catch paper on fire the only thing they found where his metal is all gone in the pile of rubble all they found was paper and plastic hmm Okay, now think in terms of your microwave. You know, you take a, a, a something you're going to cook and you put it on what? Paper. You stick it in your microwave. It doesn't burn. You put metal, like, you know, tinfoil in there, and you're going to have sparking and fire and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Now... That was what can. I mean, the more you look at it, 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 it is being a, a direct energy weapon. The more everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, people think that this has got to be some extraordinarily exotic science behind this, and it's not at all. Uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, in an article that was published in uh, it wasn't. It, it's a New York New York Post, I believe it was. Um, in, in 1930, 1st of 30, 1933, I think it was. But he was talking about an experiment that he had conducted in 1878. And what happened was that he was, he had this device, and it was a small device. He could put it in his pocket. Small device. And, it, it, I mean, I wanted, <laughs> he really wanted to kind of hit him in the back of the head as he's telling this story because he said, so I put, the, I put the device on and I kept going up a notch higher and a notch higher and a notch higher and then all of a sudden we heard all this rumbling noise. 
And I said to my my buddies, I said, what's that noise? And they didn't know. So I put it up higher. (laughs) 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 And pretty soon, everything in in the area of this started to levitate, and all the metal started flying around the place, and he immediately grabbed the hammer. I suspect he had it next to the device, and smashed the device. And he's telling these newspaper people, you know, if we had wet, 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 if we had just waited another few seconds, we could have taken that building down. Uh-huh. Okay. Now it's on the record that in 1878 there was an earthquake in New York, because when all of the police and everything came, because all this commotion was happening, the stuff was falling apart. He said it must have been an earthquake. He said, "Tell," he told his buddies, "Tell him it was an earthquake." So it's written in the records in 1878 is an earthquake hit New York. Mm. It wasn't. It was Tesla using a device that he could put in his pocket uh-huh. to take down a building. Wow. All right, this is not exotic technology. Right, right. And that's that's the key to to so many, I mean, it, it, it like opens up so many interesting things let's put it that way because um all right let's go back to uh earlier just a month ago there was a video that came out and it was called we found the magic frequency i think it is Mm -hmm. and it was a video about research being done and conducted and successfully to determine what is the Frequency, the resonating freak. everything has a vibration. Everything has a frequency. Everything has a measurement. What is the measurement frequencies of things like cancer? Mm. So in the video, they show you cancer, uh, leukemia. It was leukemia cells, which is uh, blood cancer. Leukemia cells. And they were using an electromagnetic signal to create a resonant reaction in the leukemia because they were putting out a frequency matching the frequency of the leukemia, the natural frequency. Mm-hmm. But like like our friend Nikolai, they kept turning up the, 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 the power. So what happens is that the, the, the leukemia cell is start, uh, starts to vibrate. All right, and then it vibrates so much that it loses molecular cohesion and falls apart. And they've got it on 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 uh, you on video mm. that this is what they're doing. And you know, you you'd go, "Wow, that's that's extraordinary." I went, "Wow, they finally are letting this information out," because Rife, Doctor Raymond Rife, R I F E, back in the thirties. He was a, a, a very well-known medical, uh, he worked in ocular medicine, and he got onto this same kind of a concept that everything has a vibration, therefore there's a measurement, you can create a sympathetic resonance is what they call it. It's the same frequency. Now, what, what is resonance? Well, resonance is the, is the when you open up a, a string piano and you look at all those strings, and you hit the, the C string, you're going to see, you're not going to hear, but you're going to see all of the other C strings begin to slight vibration. Uh-huh. Okay? Because they're, they're in the same frequency band and therefore resonate, vibrate. Like vibrates. Like is resonance. 
And so what you've got, even uh, the other thing is uh, tuning forks. They've shown how you you got one tuning fork and the other one is, you know, quite a ways from you. And you hit the the one tuning fork you got and then you stop it. And when you stop it, you hear the other one is also vibrating because it didn't get hit, but it started vibrating because of the resonance frequency. So what happens is that Rife, realizing that he could ident- he identified all sorts of viruses and, and things you don't want, you know, typhoid, and I forget the list. It was, it was really impressive. I could look it up. It's not far away, but it was very impressive. But he was so – he was very, very successful in what he was doing. He had a really good reputation. People started hearing about him in this concept, and he had done um, an invest- uh, experience with uh, rats. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he had cured all sorts of things, including cancer in rats. So he got pushed to do the human trials. Mm-hmm. And Wright himself said, if we're going to do this, then you're going to get the best people in the business to oversee it. Right. And, and what happened was that they had uh, – how many was it? Let me just look up because I, I you know, it's, if it comes to numbers, I get kind of like confused. I hate to say it, but it's true. Okay, I just want to make sure that I tell you exactly what this is because it, what he did was he figured out how the, um, again, finding out what the resonance is of can- cancer cells, right? And so it was 16 terminally ill patients with various cancers. Okay, they came to him, and he would give them a three-minute session per week, just a three-minute session Whoa. in in his little con- – well, it wasn't little. It was fairly big, It was, but, but it, was, it was creating – because remember, we're way older than, than digital. So he was using vacuum tubes to create the RF frequency that he needed to be able to – essentially create a, a vibration that tore these things apart. And in the human trials, with 16 terminally ill patients with various cancers, getting a three-minute session per week, at the end of 100, 100 days, all of them were cured of cancer. Uh-huh. That's 1934. That's when the human trials were. Wow. And then, boom, you hear nothing. Of course. Okay? So... You know, I mean, I, everybody goes back to Rife and, you know, but, okay, he was told to stop, but he stopped. But then, you know, in late 40s, 50s, you got Dr. Wilhelm Reich, and that's R-E-I-C-H, and why Rife and Reich have to have those names so close together. Yeah. But, so I'm going to call him Dr. Wilhelm. Dr. Wilhelm goes out and he begins to work Again, in the same kind of science, but this time he's looking at what's behind everything else is the only way I can explain it. Because he gets himself focused on orgon. He calls it orgon. He coined the the term orgon. Uh, It's known in Chinese as chi. The Indians call it prana. Polynesians call it mana. You know, Star Wars calls it the force. You know, probably Christians call it the Holy Spirit. But it's that force of nature, this cosmic energy that seems to be the life force. He called mm-hmm. an organ. Mm-hmm. And he was able to um, determine a number of things about organ, uh, you know, that 
we can get into or not, but he was able to create a, a device where the organ was directed inside of it and people would get inside this. It was called an organ accumulator. And they'd sit inside this, the patient, and he was getting amazing healing results. Uh, a lot of these accumulator boxes went out. You know, he was doing a tremendous amount of writing, all of this. And um, he also had a thing called a cloud buster based on Oregon. And the cloud buster was absolutely shown to be able to make changes in the wet weather very rapidly. Um, but there's also a story that at one time some kind of a what we would call a UFO <laughs> showed up and um, – he kind of said, oh, yeah, really? And he turned the organ toward the organ, uh, the, the cloud buster towards the uh, whatever UFO was up there. And the thing psh, blew up. Um, so when I was I, w- I was writing about this uh-huh. because I'm writing a book on Shanghai and I'm writing about this. And all of a sudden I'm like. Okay, I know that Rife was stopped, Rife, Raymond Rife, Uh was stopped because he had the basic comprehension of direct energy weapons. Uh Because if you can do this to a leukemia cell, then you Uh can do it to a human being. Mm, Right. Right? So we're talking back in the 30s. Think of where we were. We were. We were about to go into World War II. So if and then, of course, you have Tesla out there at the same time talking the same things, you know, the secrecy secrets of the universe or frequency vibration. And, you know, so there was we they already knew about this. That's what I'm saying. And so Rife was, you know, calmly asked, you've got to stop this It's a state secret. And being a player, he, okay, fine. You know, and off it goes, never to be heard about again. Reich, they came after him with the Federal Drug Administration because he wouldn't listen to anybody. And they put him in jail, and he was uh, he got a two-year sentence for not stopping trying to get his information out there and the boxes. And um, a year later, he was dead. He, he didn't even last a full year in prison. Um but again, he had he was using Oregon, and uh, so I'm, I'm writing about this, and I said, could Oregon be used as a weapon? Mm-hmm. So I Googled it, mm. <laughs> and by God, I got this guy. Oh, my, and you know, every once in a while you find a book and you think, how come I don't know about this book? And is this a, a new thing they've added to uh, my history? I mean, it just it just felt like, no, he couldn't have possibly written this when he did um, because he just wouldn't have survived, in my opinion. But he's uh, I think it was in 1987 or something that he put this out there. But so I look it up and I get this uh, this book and the book is called The Awesome Life Force by Joseph H. Carter, 1984 published. Okay, and this is on page 253. But I've got to just read this. A a right cloudbuster can completely deactivate nuclear devices at great distances. In fact, the cloud buster can be used for downing fleets of planes carrying nuclear weapons. 
combustion is also dependent on organ concentrations, which of course includes jet engines. Therefore, jet engines or missiles cannot function in an area affected by cloudbusters. Um, this guy tells science that was, you know, it's just amazing. But yes, organ could be used in the concept of creating at least defensive weapons. But he goes on a little more, and he said that, um, okay, so if if you're, you're talking in terms of you can't have nuclear bombs because you've all got these cloud busters, they're not going to work. Well, it's evident that the proper use of the cloud buster could throw modern warfare back to the Stone Ages. But the cloud buster could even nullify the kind of hostilities mm-hmm. that would still be there because of being able to essentially innervate, he uses the word innervate, each individual and even turn them into blocks of frozen flesh. (laughs) I mean, it's like, oh my God, what are we talking about here, you know? So I I listened to this stuff, you know, and then um, it's made me start thinking about what I'd seen in the California fires. And... Mm. Okay, so most, okay, if Oregon was was a was a fantasy, why is it that the the uh, FDA took ten years to eradicate every single book that he had ever written? Anywhere the word Oregon was, they went after it. They had book burnings of his, bonfires, oh, yeah. uh, government b- burning books that had the word Oregon in it. <laughs> so you got to figure Oregon is real, but. It wasn't until well, – well, according to uh, Wilhelm Reich, he could picture um, – Walt Silva, my partner, he found a picture uh, where he was at. He, it actually was supposedly a picture that Reich got of Oregon. And, oh. But Reich also said that you could photograph Oregon in a high-intensity RF or electromagnetic uh, field. Uh-huh. So – on the moon, you've got a picture of an astronaut walking out on the moon, right? In the distance, sort of. And around him is this blue glow. And when Walt saw it, he said, that is Oregon. They somehow or another, the, the suit itself was putting out all this radio frequencies because it was communicating with Earth and the space, whatever it was. You know, there was a lot of, it wasn't safe inside the suit, I'm assuming, but there was a tremendous amount of electromagnetic energy around the suit that then excited the organ on the moon because even though it's outer space and organ's still there, and it was photographed. Okay, so... Walt got real excited about this, and then I got really excited about it. Oh, we got a picture of Oregon. And then one of his relatives sent him a picture that she had taken of her son. And the son is sitting there outside with a phone up to his, his, his okay. listening to it, you know, and all around him is the same color blue. And not only that, but you could see it all the way on the wire that was linked, you know, that w- was behind him going into the house, the electric wire. So, I mean, it was like, oh, wow, the, you know, Oregon, for whatever reason, seems to be getting photographed. But I remembered when, not this year, but last year, when they had the California fires, 
seeing this beam come down. There were a lot of beams coming down. There were a lot of photographs of beams coming down Mm -hmm. and causing explosions and stuff. You probably remember this, yes? Yeah. Well, one of those beams, when it hit the ground, all of a sudden there was this massive explosion of blue light, the same color as Oregon. And I'm going like, wow, are they not, they've taken, they've upped the scale here. Now they're using Oregon weapons. But what really convinced me that Oregon weapons are out there now is the trees. Because you remember seeing pictures where the trees are burning from the inside? And the bark outside isn't looks like it's untouched? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oregon. Oregon when it goes through metal, it, metal attracts organ, and then it, it's attracted to one side of it. Like, let's say you got a sheet of metal. It, one side of it attracts, and it goes through the metal, and then is emitted through the other side. This is uh, Wilhelm Reich's, I, you know, what, what, he, what he was able to determine. Well, if you take something organic like wood or cotton – when it also attracts the organ, but what happens is that it doesn't pass through it. The, the, the organic material actually acts like a battery and holds organ. Hmm. So in his accumulator boxes, he was having sheets of metal attracting organ, passing it through into layers of cotton or wood where the organ was then building up and the person – would be the on the other side of this, inside this little box, being completely surrounded with Oregon energy. Wow. But if you got a battery and you put too much, you, char- you overcharge it, that battery can start burning from the inside. And the trees, the only way you can get a tree to do this is that something ignites it from the inside. And to me... The concept that there was Oregon, too much, you know, like an over overabundance of Oregon that then was attracted into some of these trees could have acted just like a battery. There was too much of it. And beyond that, the, my understanding is, is that a lot of people were reporting a lot of chemtrailing, especially before the fires. Uh-huh. And in the chemtrails is aluminum. So what you're doing is you're putting aluminum coating the trees. This causing the organ to be attracted even more to the tree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. Burning from the inside. Right. Now I'm not telling people this to to scare them. Oh my God, we you know let's give up. What I'm trying to do is to explain to you that there is a massive amount of science that is out there that they are working with and harnessing and keeping secret from us. But the fundamental truth of it is, is that the fact that they are working within the concept of it's an energy universe, you can change vibrations, you can you can send signals over telecommunications systems that are surrounding you and have mind control. All of this stuff is based on energy. And what I know, what Shungite has taught me, what quantum physics has taught me, what metaphysics has taught me, is that I don't care what kind of energy that they are harnessing. 
the most potent energy in the 3D environment is human thought. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to understand that we're not going to be able to win this battle trying to play it out on a 3D way. They've got weapons that are just unbelievable. But the one weapon that they're trying to stop is human thought. Because reality is what you think it is. Well, they already have skulls, uh, mind, uh, uh, voice to skull technology. They've had that a long time. Say that again? They have voice to skull technology. Oh, yeah. Where it sounds, like your own, it sounds like something is being said in your own thoughts. And, of course, there are so many different forms of mind control, and even the Vatican uses it. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, Barbara Hand Clow, is writing a trilogy on the, on basically it's a loosely uh, fictional book that's <laughs> very true because people used to come up to her and tell her stories about the Vatican, and one of them was the story about the uh, dark priests who were uh, paid to go in in underground and in the tunnels and to chant uh, things all night to get converts and uh, to, you know, steer people into the church and uh, scare them and so on and so forth. And uh, the Vatican was also uh, instrumental in paying for a uh, project in... uh, the United States called Project Pegasus, and that one is uh, uh, one in which uh, children or young kids, which were much more able to make the the uh, changes through time travel, uh, would go to Mars. It was basically to Mars. They could go to the past too. But they couldn't change anything. And um, the there was a CIA operative in that group, a young kid named Barry Satovo. And Barry Satovo grew up to become Obama, Obama the president. She's got proof of this because it's been in rumor for a long time. Well, there, the conference that I went to had uh, uh, slides with shots taken at that time and I, I looked at the various uh, comp- comparisons, and it appeared to me that they had at least had a case. Uh, you know, they at least had a case. And the fact that there's a base on Mars is something that really perked my ears up, because mainstream media and all of the scientists and the people who are supposed to be in the know, especially NASA, which is a front for the real space program, they, they you know, they're doing... They're keeping everything at the level of a snail's pace for us, so that we'd never catch on that there are that their space program is a uh, hundred uh, years ahead of them. But um, you know, the fact that we have the kind of equipment and the kind of uh, savvy to travel to uh, various planets and and have bases there is something that's going to be discovered fairly soon if people uh, are believe the the idea that uh, China is sending uh, rockets out. They had just got on the moon recently, and uh, there's going to be another moon landing, I think, by uh, our country. 
And the things they're going to find at some point, and maybe not today or tomorrow, but at some point they will find what was already there the last time. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, one fellow, I think it's uh, John Lear, and he talks about there being a base on the far side of the moon and how the corporations are mining uh, 24-7, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, these mines are going, these, uh, these, actually there's machines outside that pull up the soil and sand and then they run it through tests and, and then they collect the pieces and then it's sorted and so on and so forth and they are, and it's very lucrative. And so, uh, supposedly, allegedly, they are doing that. So the corporations have their hands in the far side of the moon already and, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of connection to all of the planets in the solar system. Well, yeah, uh, secret space people. <laughs> you know, but think of it this way. You know Star Trek. Okay, Gene Roddenberry was very, very up on a lot of what was really happening. Whether he was getting it from 3D or etheric, I'm not sure. But he definitely had the edge on what was happening, what the real universe was like which is a star trek universe much more than what we think it is and in star trek you've got all of these amazing vehicles mm -hmm. flying all over the place and oh, yeah. having having a hell of a good time but oh, then yeah. there's this irritating q you remember the q continuum the yeah. little demigods yeah. Once it could do everything, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, guess what? We are the Q continuum, humanity. We come together. We realize our own potentiality. Then all of this other stuff is not going to matter, and that mm -hmm. is what they know. That's yep. why they're trying so desperately to keep us from knowing the truth. That's right, and they do that by uh, uh, keeping us dumbed down putting fluoride in the water like Hitler did in Germany, and uh, a thousand and one paper cuts. You know, just the, the local news, everything is designed to keep us in a cocoon of stupidity and non-thoughtfulness so that we will not question anything, and if we do, we'll be frightened to death and can easily be diverted from uh, having uh, our own thoughts. Well, they've been working on it right along because of the continual proliferation of uh, telecommunications. Back in 1976, I was told by an insider's insider that there were that, that, that the intention was to put an electronic uh, fence around not just us, but let's say the United States, and that the, it, they were calling it psionics weaponry. Okay, um, and that they would be able to um, control the population because um, just as 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 Raymond Rife could kill uh, viruses, okay, and uh. bacteria and a lot of other things, but kill viruses. Well, you just if you know what the what the the frequency is of flu, all you have to do is get people in the frequency of flu, and they're going to come down with flu symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you can keep the population controlled by making them sick. Right. Or, as they got better at this, they could essentially do what you're talking about. You know, it's artificial communications, telepathy. 
but it is being done electronically. They're getting inside your head and they're putting images in your head. And uh, if you get sensitive to this, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'd all of a sudden go, what the hell is that in my head? I don't even know these people. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've had that more than once or twice. Right, but I know that somebody can muck with my head, okay? So I'm sensitive to when I've got things in my head that I don't know what this is about. But there's an awful lot of people, they get these things in their head and they're going, oh my God, oh my God, what is it? Is it the devil? Is it, I'm sorry, I'm crazy. You know, I mean, they don't know that the simple truth is that somebody's doing it to you electronically. Mm-hmm, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you know... Um, and 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 the ultimate part of the the weapon system is that they can actually um, just like they did in the twin towers. All right, mm-hmm. in the twin towers, you've got all of this energy that is just vibrating crazy. You know, I mean, there there is video of this this. It was the facade on the building actually, but it was pulling pulling away from the building, and it's all metal. And it's right over a water tower. It was taken from the roof, looking across the roof. And the dang thing just falls apart in midair. Because you're losing molecular cohesion of the building. It's just falling apart into atoms. That's why 110 floors is now seven floors. Wow. Right? And why didn't they find all these bodies in this if it was just pancaking? It's because the people were gone, too. One of the one of the um, remember I'm I'm like a, a fanatic when I go after something, so <laughs> right. I I have read more things on 9/11 than most people would even be able to stomach, and so I came across uh, you know little stories that didn't get big press, and one of those was um, a fireman, and he was walking in the the basement area um, between two and one. And he's walking, and he's, he sees this cloud of, of just, he said it was a weird cloud that came into in front of him. He wasn't in it, but it came in in front of him. And he's watching with this guy in front of him, and the guy in front of him just completely disappeared. Mm. That's why I think there were so many suicides. There were people jumping off of floors that didn't have any fire. Why? You know, this is all very, very real. But as real as this is, I'm telling you, our minds are the key to everything. And this is quantum physics talking. This isn't even metaphysics. This is quantum physics that you cannot have manifestation without a human thought. Human thought is what drives everything. Reality is what you think it is. Change the way you're thinking and you will change your reality. And the way we change the reality isn't by trying to change reality of the matrix. Mm. What we have to do is think of a new reality where the things that we don't like aren't there. And to deal with what we've got now in the matrix reality, then think about the people waking up. The very Mm. people that are doing this, many of them, they have no clues to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, and then you've got people like Rife. Okay, Rife has said, "Look, hey, look, we got to keep this a secret because all these things could happen." Oh yeah, okay, all right, I'll keep it a secret. 
No, we need more people like, you know, Wilhelm Reich that says, no, we've got to know this. We've got to know this. You, know? you don't have those kind of people because they have brainwashed everybody so much that they mm-hmm. can't even think. And a lot of this confusion and this inability to think is directly tied to the current telecommunication systems, the 4G, and the densification of 4G. And I'm going to plug Shungite right now, cosmicreality.net. You can get Shungite, but you can get Shungite all over the place now. But if you go to Shungite, to cosmicreality.net, you'll find a lot of information on Shungite. And Shungite can't stop what's about to happen with 5G. The 5G, okay, we all know what micro microwave is because we've got microwave ovens. But 5G isn't microwave, it's millimeter and, and sub-gigahertz signals. These are things that have never been tested knowingly. When you got people out there right now that are talking about all the dangers, they're talking about 4G. Actual testing on the 5G systems, to my knowledge, has not been done. Right. And yet it's going ahead full speed. Oh, it's full, well, because they, they're afraid of us waking up. Right, and they have to sneak it in before they, we do. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. They're trying to get it because, in before enough of us can wake up, so that we change everything. But um, you know, they're not going to win. We've got God on our side, and I don't say that facetiously. <laughs> right, you know, the good will win. Yeah, but don't think of it as them against us. Those are people that are already being controlled. What we have to do is focus on freeing them, freeing their minds. But right now, if you just get yourself into a into a Shungite environment, you will protect yourself from the 4G. And once you're protected from the 4G, your body's going to start healing, but your mind's going to clear. And you're going to be able to understand this stuff more. They're trying to fog us over so that we can't respond, and some of us just aren't aren't being affected by it. Right. Um Nancy, before we, we've only got about a minute left, and I wanted to give you a chance to get that website out where the Shungite, where it talks about the Shungite and what it does, <clears throat> and where they can order it, because that's more important than uh, than other things. <laughs> it's CosmicReality.net, and in there is the Shungite store. Now, there's a lot of Shungite out there, there's a lot of Shungite stores, but you cannot get the products that we have because we are well walt silva myself and Derek condit we are shungite is not only an obsession of ours it's a science so we have developed different types of products than you can normally get out there and the thing that drove us was get the get protection out as cheaply as we can so that people can use it right right you know, and so, yes, in some cases, you're going to think that, okay, we've got these magnets, and the magnets, I think, are about $33 or something like that. But you put one of those magnets on your refrigerator, and you're going to save 20% on your electric bill. The older ones, you're going to save more because it's going to be a more of an impact. But you should get a 20% decrease. Everybody gets it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, th- because why? Well, because... We're making it efficient. The refrigerator is now efficient. It's using less electricity. But it's also much more to that. There's a torsion field in it and all sorts of things. But we're working with science in a way that most people can't. 
because they don't have the experience in it. Right. But we've been lucky that we were, you know, trained to, to know this stuff. Well, there's so cosmicreality.net. Good, good. And there's a lot of wonderful research and uh, healing uh, work coming out of the work that you're doing. And um, all of somebody, it's fine to be skeptical, but I was a little bit when I got the first package that I uh, opened up. And I started using the, you know, the stickers on the uh, electronic equipment and the car and the, this and that and the other thing. And I noticed a, a distinct difference when I did that. And I do believe it works on a quantum level, as you said. Oh, yes, so, absolutely. On the side, I've had quantum physicists, three of them, tell me that our science is right. Wow. They, they can't go out there and talk about it, but they could, you know, you, you know Nancy, they're telling me, you know, it's plasma, it's pl- plasma quantum physics. And I'm going like... What do you mean plasma physics? I don't know what that is, you know, but we're... Okay, one minute. Um, so, thank you here for being... I mean, I just love being with you. Oh, same, I feel the same way. And, I, and I'm so happy that you're doing something that will impact the world in a favorable way, uh, you know, long into the future. So, uh, thank you for coming, and uh, we'll have you back, and we can talk more about uh, these subjects and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, everybody. Good night, Nancy. Thank you, darling. Have Thank a good you, day. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks.